Maurice and I would like to take a little time to thank Robert Rogers and all the folks at Parks Motor Sales for sponsoring the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast. When you need special treatment during your next new or pre-owned vehicle purchase, visit Parks Motor Sales at 919 Nashville Highway in Columbia or visit them online at parksmotorsales.com. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint, coming to you live from the WKOM Front Porch Sports Studios on West 7th. And it's kind of, it's, it's cleared up as far as rain goes. There's no rain falling, so we may get some high school sports in this afternoon. And if so, make sure to get out and support your local high school Baseball, softball, soccer, tennis, whatever's playing. Uh, yeah, so we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you're on Facebook and you are watching and it's cutting in and out, we apologize. When it rains, the internet here gets iffy. Uh, it's just life. Uh, it's it's kind of like having satellite television. It's, it is what it is. But anyway, um, if you did miss any part of the show and you're on, you know, watching on Facebook, maybe you missed a story or whatever we were talking about earlier. The podcast will be up uh, hopefully before noonish, and you can download it, listen to it wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, whatever, or just go to our website, sm-tnsports.com. There's a tab there, podcast. You can pick if you want to listen to the first hour, the second hour, our special guests, and we have two of those today, so that will be fun. Two of those. Two of those. Double the fun here on Friday. So there you go. One of those special guests is on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with us right now. Joining us from The Athletic is David Ubbin, who covers Tennessee football, among other things. Uh, David, welcome into the show. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I uh, appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Hey, um, David and I crossed paths about a week ago for the first time person to person, although I've been following him on Twitter for quite some time. He probably doesn't know it. But um, <laughs> we um, we crossed paths up at the Twins commitment the twins. ceremony. The Twins, yeah. Capitalized. Is there, is there anybody that doesn't know who yeah. we're talking about when They're, we say It's capitalized. When capital we talk. T, capital T. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Destin and Keaton Wade, when they announced that they would be signing with Kentucky, um, David made the trip down and – it's interesting, David. Um, wouldn't have necessarily expected to see a Tennessee football writer attending that commitment ceremony, particularly as it played out. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, you guys mentioned it. It's, it's a big deal. And I think uh, you look at uh, across the state, Tennessee has struggled in recruiting in a, in a really crucial year. There's a lot of reasons for that, uh, you know, getting hired late the dead period they can't have kids on campus they can't go into living rooms that kind of thing 
Um, you know, they inherited a losing program, the NCAA cloud uh, that's hanging over the program. There's lots of reasons for why it's happening. Um, but yeah, two four stars that are in the mid cities that are mid state, I guess, and uh, and are going to Kentucky over Tennessee was a pretty interesting story. Uh, so we went out there to talk to them and figure out why uh, why that was, and, and kind of look at some of the big picture issues that Tennessee's had uh, recruiting in state. Well, it, it's clear that the reason the two chose Kentucky is because. Kentucky was going to give Destin a shot to play quarterback. And, well, Tennessee's got plenty of those. <laughs> and that's kind of why we wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Tennessee does uh-huh. Tennessee does have plenty of those. And, <laughs> and yet. And yet. And yet they acquired yet another one this week. Um, David, where does Joe Milton fit into the quarterback room for Tennessee under new coach? Jason Heifel. Josh. Josh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Jason's his younger I mean, brother. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately, you know, they wouldn't use a scholarship on him if they didn't feel confident that he could he could push for the job. And that position is so important. You have to have that right. Uh, and Tennessee has not had that right for quite some time. So I'm not sure you can take too many quarterbacks because it's so important. And using up an extra scholarship, if that means finding a guy, or giving a guy another shot, it's, it's probably worth it in the big picture. Um, so, you know, they've had some conversations with him for several weeks. I think you can probably expect that, that one of the quarterbacks on the roster, uh, you know, you'd have to keep an eye on the transfer portal, uh, you know, when spring ends and the semester ends and they're going into the summer and kind of looking at their future. So I think part of it is preparing for that. Part of it is, you know, I think they're probably a little bit underwhelmed uh, with the quarterback situation. So you want to, uh, you know, bring another body in. And again, I just think it's about prioritizing getting that position right because it's so integral to everything that they want to do. Uh, obviously, this probably has nothing to do with it. I say obviously, probably, because I really don't know the answer to that. His last name is Milton, and Central Florida had a guy named Milton. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I guess maybe that's a, a maybe they're just partial to Milton's. Maybe they're partial huh? to Milton's. I don't know. <laughs> I had not made that connection, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe that would. Listen, you gotta you gotta capture magic where you can find it. I suppose. <laughs> you know, David, as you look at you know the transfer portal and you look at quarterbacks traditionally and the egos that those guys bring. Again, you you have to feel like everybody that's in that quarterback room right now is not going to be there when they reconvene in August. I mean, and you've already brought in one transfer at that spot, the kid from Virginia Tech. I mean, do you – I guess it's a calculated risk when you start messing with, you know, the the balance in there. I I know, obviously, you've got to get that position right, but – what if you're running off the guy that gets it right? Well, I mean, ultimately, you just you, you have to find a guy. And, you know, I, I think, you know, if there's hurt feelings or somebody leaves, you know, they've had enough practices at this point that if, if somebody was running away with it, they probably would have come close to, to making that clear at this point, I think. And I, it's still pretty close, you know, from, from what I understand of, of where spring practice is. So I think uh, – I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but ultimately, whether that's hurt feelings or somebody leaving that hasn't established themselves, it's just too important 
And if Milton's the guy, you know, he'll have a chance to prove that this summer. If Cooker's the guy and he can make a step, you know, that'll be good for them. And I think ultimately, if you have somebody, whoever it is, it really doesn't matter, that's putting up big numbers, well, that, that position is going to start to recruit itself. I mean, again, you just can't under, you can't overstate the, the, the impact of finding a quarterback that can run this offense, make some plays, and be your trigger man, and, and make this offense as explosive as it, as it needs to be. For one, your whole program needs that to, to win games and to win the way that they want to win. For two, I mean, obviously, you got to be able to move the ball. And like I said, to be able to recruit, you know, you're selling this offense. You're selling, uh, you know, being able to throw the ball all over the place. And if you have somebody that's doing that on the field, it's, it gets a lot easier because you can just point to, hey, we did this. We're doing this. We think you're even better than this guy. Come take us to the next level. And if you don't have that, it becomes tougher to sell. Yeah, there's no Peyton Manning without Heath Schuler. I mean, if that's – so I, you're exactly right. But also, why is it not Harrison Bailey? Why are you, If you're in the situation you're in and you're in a – you are in the situation Tennessee is in with the NCAA cloud, with the late holdover, with – or the late hire, why is it not lose now with the guy you think can win in the future? If you're going to lose, you well, might as well lose for the future. Yeah, I mean, in theory, but if that's your guy for the future, I mean, they've rolled all three of those guys in with all – you know, all sorts of groups and everything I hear at the moment is that, that Harrison Bailey has not, has not really captured that starting job. It, it looks like Hooker with a negative lead or being with a, a narrow lead right now. And so again, if, if that's one thing I, I think in theory, you're right, but the guy has to win the job. He has to prove himself. And to this point, Harrison Bailey has not done that. And I think you'd love for him to do it. If you're a Tennessee fan, if you're a Tennessee staff, uh, all those guys have had opportunities. No one has really taken the torch and run away with it. If he can, he can, and, and then you are kind of playing for the future a little bit. But, uh, you know, if that's not the case, if it's not happening, you can't really force it. Well, that's what we need, more practice All-Americans. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I, I am a Tennessee fan, and I'm getting very angry, and I'm not, not at you, but it's just a situation where I'm sick and tired of hearing that people are practicing better than a guy who we brought in to be the guy. And Alabama did this in 2005 with Brody Krull, and they lost in 2005, and they lost in 2006, and then they decided to win in 2007 by losing with John Parker Wilson, and then they win a national championship two years later. So this is my problem, is that we're not playing for the future, and we already stink. So why are we playing with transfer quarterbacks? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I, I would say to to the to the point that that uh, you know um, that that you were making, there there may have been another influence there in Alabama winning a national championship besides the quarterback spot. <laughs> I just I because just, Nick Saban was smart enough to lose for the future in 2007 when he lost to Louisiana Monroe. If that's you have my a point. Guy that you believe it. If you have a guy that you believe in, and you think that's the guy, I think so. I mean, certainly Josh Heupel is going to handle the quarterbacks very, very differently than than Jeremy Pruitt did. Whoever wins this job, you know, unless he is turning the ball over every other possession or gets hurt, I, I don't think you're going to see that shift. I think you're going to see them. Hey, this is our guy. We're rolling with him. Whereas Jeremy Pruitt, it was like, well, whoever performs best in practice this week is the quarterback. He sort of treated quarterbacks as every other position. Josh Heifel's not going to do that. I think they want their quarterback to be the leader, 
to the, the the guy that that everything goes with. And if you if if Harrison Bailey's that guy, then he's that guy. But if you don't believe he's the guy for the future, then building to that future, you know, doesn't really make sense. And and Joe Milton, if he's that guy, he's got three years left. And maybe he's your guy that you say we think he's going to be something. Uh, and maybe it's not going to be great immediately, but we like him in the future, and maybe that's your guy. But to this point, you know, it doesn't sound like Harrison Bailey has done much to establish himself um, as the guy that this staff thinks can be the future of that position at Tennessee, and you, you can't force that, you know. They didn't recruit him. They inherited him. They can't really, you know, he's on the roster here, and, and you know, people obviously have divergent opinions about him, but you can't force it if it's not there. And, just because he's got eligibility left and just because he plays and gets a ton of experience doesn't necessarily mean he's going to make the leap. You know, Jared Carantano played a lot of football at Tennessee. He never really made the leap. And, you know, recruiting stars are one thing and expectations and eligibility and all those things are, are all fine and good. But if the guy doesn't become the guy, you can't just force it. You can't just find a quarterback. I think that's where Tennessee is, is at them. They just have not been able to find anybody um, since Josh Dobbs left that that can be a consistent playmaker. I think the offense under Jerry Pruitt, the way that it was designed, all those things was a factor. Um, but certainly right now, you have a better offense that's more conducive to, to quarterbacks making plays. And you got to figure out who your trigger man is going to be. And I think Tennessee still uncertain about that. And I don't think we're going to get much certainty until, you know, campus is well underway. I, I just – there wasn't really a quarterback competition this spring. I mean, there was. You're being graded. Everybody kind of sees what's happening. But they're just trying to get guys reps and get guys learning and, and make sure everybody gets a shot with a bunch of different people. They're rotating quarterbacks. All those guys got work with ones, twos, and threes. The quarterback competition in earnest will start in the fall, and I think we'll get a better feel for, for kind of where things stand. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with David Ubbin of The Athletic, who covers – as Chris said, Tennessee football, among other things. Um, David, the fact that you've got a quarterback who's not competing this spring, how much does that complicate the situation? Um, is it Caden Salter who's suspended? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, if he's your quarterback and he's going to be the leader of your program, you need him to make good decisions, and that's not a great sign for his future. Really talented guy, um, a guy with a lot of promise, made a lot of plays in Texas. But, you know, if you can't even stay on the practice field, that's a problem. And I think, you know, it, it says a little bit about where your head is at if you're coming in and you know, you're supposed to still be in high school, you're a young kid, but you're concerning yourself with, with stuff and get involved in stuff where football is not the key concern, putting yourself in really bad situations. So not a great sign uh, for, for, his, for his future prospects. He's got a lot of time to turn it around, but at this point, when you haven't been in practice and you're a true freshman, you don't have a lot of experience, tough to, to expect a ton from him in his first year. Yeah, not wrong there. Uh, any chance that uh, this this Tennessee defense has an opportunity to carry this team, or is it still in shambles with the transfer portal taking its toll? Uh, <laughs> I mean, depth is going to be an issue. It just is. They just, uh, they're going to be thin on bodies, uh, all over the place. There's nowhere where they feel, you know, super, super good. Um, where you can feel like, Hey, uh, you know, we've got a bunch of guys that can, 
that can play and, and we go six deep at some position. That's just not where Tennessee is at right now. Shifting gears just a second, David. Um, are you surprised at the talk about receiver Josh Palmer as a as a potential second day pick in next week's NFL draft? No. <laughs> I mean, I think you watch him and you see the opportunities that he got. He made most of them. He's a really, really talented player. He looked the part, but – you know, I think that, that he leaves his career at Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken, without a 500-yard receiving season. I, I think that's the offensive fault. <laughs> I don't think that's his fault. You know, uh, in terms of never being able to really sort out the quarterback spot, uh, never really, <clears throat> you know, having an explosive offense. When they threw the ball to him down the field, I mean, we saw it in the Georgia game, saw it in the Alabama game. He made some plays. Uh, great, great player. Top of my list of guys that are going to be a lot better pro then they will be a college player. That makes sense. Uh, For all the reasons you pointed out. It's, yeah, it, I mean, it's hard to show how good you are at receiver if, if you, you don't, don't have, have somebody that yeah. thrown it to yep. you. It's funny how that works. I mean, the, I think the quarterback spot, the offense, all of it, it all kind of works together, and he didn't have those things. Yeah, five five stars on the front line, but hey. <laughs> Sorry. Again, you like you said, stars mean nothing when it gets to when when it comes to the Southeastern Conference, you can throw stars out the window. Oh man. Man, good stuff from 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 David this morning. We appreciate your time and 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 look forward to talking to you in the future because this is certainly something that our listeners are passionate about, including some of the hosts on the show. At least one. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing is I, I look I gave up Tennessee football 16 years ago and as 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 a live and die you know fan but it's just frustrating when you hear the same stuff over and over and it, 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 even if you're not a fan it's like are you serious like can you keep quit telling me the same thing over and over <laughs> so it is what it is but uh, I I do look forward to seeing how this plays out and talking to you more about it over the course of Josh Heupel's career at uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see, to see how this <laughs> plays out. I just think, you know, I, I think he faces maybe uh, the steepest uphill climb of any Tennessee coach, you know, since the former era came to an end. Um, it just, it's, it's asking a lot of him, you know, with the NCAA cloud, with the numbers that he inherited. I mean, we literally have never seen a transfer exodus like this anywhere. I mean, you look at, you know, on the back half of the, the Sandusky scandal at Penn State, and the NCAA gave him a free transfer. They lost a small fraction of what Tennessee lost this year. And I think the number that I always go to is, if you look at the depth chart from the Texas A&M game, 11 guys. That's a quarter of your depth chart plus a kicker who was hurt, are gone. Uh, I think seven or eight of those guys are signed with Power 5 programs, and Quaveris Crouch and Henry Tozo are still in the portal, and I'm sure they'll end up at a Power 5 program somewhere. That's just that's, – that's a talent exodus that we have never seen in this sport. Uh, and so – Godspeed God to Josh Heupel. Josh, not Jason. Either one of them, yeah. if they're anywhere near the pro crew. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks so much, David Ubbin of the of the Athletic, joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys.
All right, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, there's some NASCAR to talk about. We'll see if we can get T. Willie on the line. If we can't, that's okay. We'll we'll talk about NASCAR and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. Stick around. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee.